This podcast is part of the Podcast Arcade Network. Welcome to the You Choose Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Please take a moment, pause this podcast right now, and share it with someone you think would find this podcast interesting. We would really appreciate it. Please go to youchoosepodcast.com. That's the letter U, choosepodcast.com, and find the different ways that you can connect with us and how you can be part of the live event. And without further ado, let's get into the adventure you choose. This is the You Choose podcast. If you're new to listening to us, what we do is we go, well, thank you first, of course. What we do is we go through these old books, or in this case, tonight's case is an adjacent book. And then when we get to decision point, people in the live chat can chime in and let us know what they want us to do. If they want us to go to page 38 and get on the bus, or do we go to page 56 and go upstairs? But we let you decide. That's why it's the You Choose podcast. It's not us choose. No, I choose. It's not Eddie and Lee get to do what they want podcast. I wish it was that. It's not. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's that's what we do. So thank you for listening to it. You can go to youchoosepodcast.com, find old episodes, find out how you can reach out to us, email, social media, whatever. Let us know what you like about the podcast. If you have a book that you want us to check out that you liked when you were a kid, definitely always up for that. And got lots of back episodes. Well, Eddie, ready to step into the, the worst day of your life. Absolutely. They haven't Absolutely. been bad enough. Let's do it again. Yeah, yeah, why not? Why not? All right. So this one, like I said, is book 100, written by Edward Packard, the guy that started it all. So it's only only fitting that he re- wrote number 100. Let's see. First edition published in 1995. And here we are, a dapper young youth on Friday the 13th, walking under a ladder as a black cat crosses your path. I mean, right now, we're just asking for it. Oh, we yeah. really are. Yeah, we're just like, I, I'm just going to make all the bad luck in the world. I don't care what happens to me. So We're like, right. we're like, man, listen, I don't believe in any of this stuff. I'm just going to double down on this bad luck stuff. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. All right. So. Forward. Let's go ahead and get started. I'll I'll get started, and then you take the next decision here. You never used to be superstitious. In fact, you didn't even get a a second thought on Friday the 13th when a black cat crossed your path while you're walking under a stepladder. But the way things have been going lately, you're you're beginning to wonder about all this superstitious stuff. All of a sudden, it seems like your luck has changed. The other day, the rocket you set off in your backyard came down on the neighbor's house and burned a big hole in the roof. That Ooh. didn't sit well with your folks, coming no. as it did just a few weeks after you were suspended from school. You, oh. were in, you were in that. Here's here's funny. You were in the gym listening to the radio when you accidentally bumped against the control switch and played Jailhouse Rock over the public address system. <gasps> I swear. Gasp. Oh my! Give him the chair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I like how all the that one was the worst one. I'm like, really? Burning the hole in the neighbor's house. That's Probably the worst. Playing jailhouse rock on the intercom system. Uh, I mean, yeah. In the hierarchy of like misbehaving, almost killing your neighbors beats. Yeah. Playing an Elvis song. <laughs> on the in public. the 80s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Oh, man. To make things worse, while the rest of your family is vacationing in Hawaii, 
You have to spend your summer raising money to replace your neighbor's roof. You're now on a bus headed for Moo Mud, Ohio to work on your uncle Norbert's pig farm. The bus trip has been long, hot, and cramped. You're queasy from bouncing up and down in the seat. The bus needs new shock absorbers, or better yet, it should be scrapped. Here, we're offering our, again, offering our expertise, nine-year-old opinion on, on how to fix a bus. We dole out opinions that were never asked for. Yeah, exactly. We're like, this bus doesn't meet <laughs> safety standards. Yeah, this does not meet the safety standards of Ohio state guidelines. Listen, I know Ohio DOT, and they would <laughs> junk this bus right now. They handcuff yeah. the kid to the bumper. Yeah, yeah probably. <laughs> this is what I think of your opinion. All right. Great. It's past your dinner time, and you pull out the chicken sam- sandwich you bought before you got on the bus. There was supposed Ooh. to be a Coke in the bag, but they forgot to pack it. The sandwich smells mm-hmm. kind of funny. You soon Ooh. see why. There are tiny black bugs crawling around the mayonnaise. You quickly put My the God. sandwich back into the brown paper bag and toss it on the floor. Suddenly, the engine backfires, coughs, and dies. The bus lurches to a stop. Everyone groans. The, sp- the driver spends 20 minutes trying to get the engine started. Finally, he stands up, cups his hands to his mouth, we ain't going nowhere, folks, for about two hours. It will take us about that long to get a tow truck around here, if we're lucky. It's about six miles to Moo Mud. If anyone wants to walk, you'll probably get there faster. You're already Ooh. four hours late getting into Moo Mud. You overslept and missed your bus. And the bus you're on was delayed because they said there might be tornadoes and flash floods. So here's our decision oh point. If you get off the bus and walk, turn to page 56. If you wait until the tow truck comes, turn to page 9. So last time, we went to page 9. So this time, we want to get off that guy's darn bus. Now, yeah, and this is where we will break our rule. Not break our rule, but the rules of this are if it's the book that we read last time, the first choice we make, we're going to make for you because we don't want to repeat unnecessarily it's our blessed burden to remember the first choice that was made <laughs> on this. So now, no, we're going to force us ourselves to get yes. off of that gosh darn bus. We're getting off of this thing. So we're going to page 56. You strap on your backpack, get off the bus, and start walking up the road. You're on your own like every other day of my life. Yes. <laughs> bitter child. Yeah. The other passengers are mostly old folks, or they have heavy suitcases. <laughs> they're mostly old folks, old, yeah. so we know they're we know they're not long for this world. Yes. Let God sort them out. I say exactly. Our, our again, our expertise. I know, right? Like my mm, my actuary uh, co- correspondence course, <laughs> or they have heavy suitcases, so they're going to wait for the tow truck. There's hardly any traffic as you walk. Not many people breaking their necks to get to Moo Mud. Moo Mud, yeah. Maybe one car or truck every half hour. You're hot, thirsty, hungry, and tired. But you continue on walking as fast as you can. Overhead, big, dark clouds are building up in the west. You trudge along the dusty road. The wind is picking up, blowing sticks and leaves around, making it harder to walk. The sun has set by now. It's getting dark fast. A truck roars by, kicking kicking up a lot of dust. You get a speck in your eye. You try to get it out, pulling your eyelid open a little. 
You keep blinking. That sounds wow. <laughs> then you gouge out your eyeball. Yeah, <laughs> I got it out. You, I got it. Uh, you keep blinking. You think maybe it's out now, but you can't really tell. Your eye is really irritated. A van going your way screeches to a halt. The driver yells at you. Do you need a lift? He's wearing a dirty blue denim shirt and a baseball cap, chewing a toothpick and sporting about three-day growth of beard. And as we know, <laughs> you can't trust guys with beards. <laughs> yes, men with mustaches. Yep. You know you shouldn't accept rides from strangers, but you're really tired and feeling discouraged. Besides, those black clouds are really bearing down. It's going to start pouring any minute now. Here's your choice, kids. Oh, boy. If you get in the van, if you get oh, in the, the van, van. <laughs> that's the worst. Oh, really? If you get in the van, that says free candy spray painted <laughs> on the side. Wow. Turn to page seven. If you decide not to accept the lift, turn to page 110. To I mean, van or not to not van. Not to van. I mean, this guy's in the... It, this kid's from the 80s. Didn't he watch the G.I. Joe PSAs that say, you know, don't go home with strangers? Oh, come on. <laughs> hey, kid, do you like puppies? Yeah, puppies oh, are great. Yay. You know, and then <laughs> Shipwreck comes in and punches one of the kids in the mouth. Yeah. What are you thinking, Billy? Don't be getting in that van. <laughs> that puppy is going to steal you. <laughs> well, the decision says oh, van, no. but earlier it says a truck. A I know. Truck Here. van. You no, know. it says a van. A van going your way screeches to a halt. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, the never truck mind. is what the truck that, is what put the dust in your eye. Okay, yeah. yeah. Your eyes. Oh, David. Right. Hey, David. Glad you're here. He says no van. So getting to vote for no van. If you decide not to, because that means if we don't, we go to page a one hundred and ten. David probably, I don't know how old David is, but he probably watched those PSAs when he was a kid on Saturday mornings. You know, in the grand debate of van or no van, he says no van. Shipwreck said no van. Okay, so we're going to 110. No thanks, you say. Everything about this guy in the van gives you the creeps, you think? <laughs> hmm. Huh. You want to get away from him fast. You run into the field that borders the road. Glancing back, you see that the driver has gotten out of his van. You, you oh. run holy cow. You run faster. The next time you look back, the van is moving again, but in front of it is a twisting column of blackness coming down the road just like in the Wizard of Oz. Oh, Rain snap. and hail. Yeah. Rain and hail lash against your body as you run across the soggy field. Lightning flashes striking nearby. And thunderclaps so loudly it hurts your ears and shakes your body. Oh you can't see where you're going and you're unable to walk against the wind. Suddenly, a hailstone smacks you in the mouth. It chipped off one of your front teeth. <laughs> Holy cow. I'll never play Jailhouse Rock again, again. I swear. <laughs> I promise. I promise. God's you, like, too late, boy. Too late. <laughs> just, he's hurling hailstones at you. <laughs> oh, gosh. You flop onto the ground and roll over in the mud, burying your head in your arms. It's almost pitch dark. You're exhausted, hungry, and soaked. Covered with mud, you lie there, shivering. After a while, the wind drops and the hail tapers off. At the same time, mosquitoes arrive, biting you faster than you can slap at them. You're on your feet in a hurry, itching everywhere. Stumbling through the muddy field, you can't see a thing. You don't know how you'll ever find the road. 
The wind comes up from another direction, and there's a heavy, pugnant odor in the air, sort of a mixture of garbage and something else. <laughs> I don't think I want to know what that something else is. <laughs> tell me, tell me, what is it? <laughs> yeah. no. It rhymes with cap. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you've smelled it once before when was it suddenly you remember it was the last time you visited your uncle norbert's farm of course oh, you're yeah. almost there and you can find your way even in the dark just <laughs> by using your nose <laughs> it smells like money <laughs> yeah that's what those farmers say and they smell poop <laughs> exactly it tastes like bacon Everybody Ooh. loves bacon. All right. You stumble through the darkness for about an hour when the rain stops pouring down again. Starts pouring down again. At this point, you don't mind. You stop for a minute and tilt your head back to let the rain wash off some of the grime from your face. You know you must be very close to your Uncle Norbert's place now. The stench has gotten so powerful you can almost reach out and touch it. Oh, You're God. feeling a little better now. And you stick your hands out again and continue on, groping your way forward through the dark, stormy night. Things could be things could be worse. I mean, could they though? Could they? You're though? missing a tooth. You're missing a tooth. You smell like poop. You got you had you're a stranded. Bug, stranded. You're being chased by a child abductor. <laughs> but you know, it could be worse. I mean, it could be worse. Hey, this this kid's a glass half full type of guy. <laughs> he really is. His optimism will not be stopped. I mean, exactly. it might be, but not yet. You think you things could be worse, you think. It's not a thunderstorm. I don't have to worry about getting hit by a bolt of lightning. <laughs> That's funny. I mean, dude, now we're a meteorologist too. I, I haven't got hit by a bolt of lightning, so you know, things are actually looking I mean, up for me. <laughs> I'm tempting God to kill me with lightning, but that's cool. Yeah. It's then that your hand touches an electric fence. Oh, there you go. Ah, you yell ah. as a surge of electricity flashes through your body. You fall backward into the mud, frightened and trembling with pain. You're nice. lucky you weren't killed, even though there's not was only enough voltage to keep your uncle Norbert's prize bull from straying too far. All you can do is stay where you are until morning. With the sunrise, with the sunrise, you'll be able to see your way. And you try to lie back so you can get a little rest, but the ground is so soft and squishy, mud starts starts seeping into your ears. This Ooh. is no way to relax, so you sit crouched in a miserable heap and wait. All right. 32. Even though it's very early in the morning, you see signs of activity as you finally near your Uncle Norbert's ramshackled house. The place looks just the way you remember it, peeling paint, sagging porch broken tv antenna dangling over the edge of the roof but you're plenty glad to see it you can't wait to get into a nice hot shower and wash the muck and slime off your weary body not to mention the dried blood from the numerous cuts and scratches you've gotten since you left home yesterday just nice. then the front door creaks open and a tall broad figure in greasy overalls appears hi uncle norbert you say uncle norbert scowls where have you been had a few weather delays, you say, not even knowing where to begin to describe all that you've been through. Just then, you hear a voice shouting and hoofing, hoofbeats rapidly approaching. Your uncle's enormous black bull thunders into view, headed toward, head lowered, its vicious-looking horns ready to strike. The bull is bucking and snorting. It's only about 40 feet away, and there's no place to hide. 
You could stay where you are and hope the bull ignores you, or you can make a run for it and hope it doesn't catch up with you. All right. What do we do? If you stay where you are, turn to page 81. If you make a run for it, turn to page 17. So do we stay or do we run? Uh, I didn't grow up on a farm. So I don't know what the exact protocol here is. Yeah. Did you know? Oh yeah, yeah, we had cattle. Oh, we had a bull. Yeah, you just you, you if a bull's coming towards you, you you just usually they're bluffing. So if you just move to the side, they're they won't do anything, but but uh you you're pretty scared. You your natural instinct is to run because you're, <laughs> you got this 2500 pounds bull going towards you. <laughs> you yeah. just get the heck out of the way. Turn it just a sprint. I am mad. I don't want to influence the vote. So we'll just see what yeah. people wanna wanna say here. Oh we got Uh-oh. we got a split vote. We got a split vote. Oh okay, no problem. We got, we got the, coin. the you choose coin. We got the Canadian loony here. Well, let's go for it. Are we doing the loony again or should we pick something a little different this sure. time around? We can pick uh let's see. We got the Got the British. How about how to British two pounds? How about no fifty pence? Because I just like the way that sounds. Let's do pence. that. Let's do the fifty pence. So the, oh, good old Queen Elizabeth on the front. Okay, so head run, tails stay put. All right. Sounds like a plan to me. Yep. Tails, we're gonna stay put. We're just gonna take Ooh. our chances. Oh crap! All right. <laughs> All stay right. where you are. Page eighty-one. Here we go. You don't make a move because you're a stone cold killer. Exactly. Who's already fought off a child abductor? <laughs> Got your tooth chipped by Chip. Mother Nature. Shocked by an electric fence. Shocked. Had to smell the smell of poop. <laughs> you're hardcore now. He's charging right at you. You squeeze your eyes shut and put your hands over your ears. <laughs> no. Oh, wow. Not wanting to see, not wanting to see or hear what's about to happen. Maybe he'll ignore you. That's pretty good advice. I mean, okay. if you don't want anything bad to happen to you, just close your eyes and cover your ears. Yeah, yeah. Just like nothing three, bad will happen. You know <laughs> exactly. Uh, maybe he'll ignore you. You can feel the earth under your feet trembling as the enormous bull gets closer and closer. You feel his hot breath against your neck. Then something sharp like a knife. Cutting across, oh my gosh, here we go. Cutting across your shirt from shoulder to shoulder. But for some reason, you don't feel any pain because you're proper hardcore. That's yeah, why. That's exactly why. Yeah. You figure you'd probably, you're probably in shock. Once again, we just know everything in the world. Oh man, we're expert van automotive and now we're an expert EMT. Yeah. Any second now, it'll be over. And you tell yourself. <laughs> okay, we're, we're not is, so half full anymore. No, this is suicide by bull. This is what we've chosen. It'll be over. It'll all be over. It'll, any second now, it'll all be over. You tell yourself as you wait for your body to keel over into the mud. That's a that's like a metal lyric right there. Yeah, keel over that's the mud. That's like a. That's a 90s grudge grudge song. Any second now, it'll be over. So tell yourself as you wait for your body to keel over into the mud. <laughs> Suddenly a hand claps you on the back, 
right where your gaping wound must be. Well, it's about time for breakfast. <laughs> We're in hell. Oh, wow. We are. We're in hell. Kill Billy. <laughs> you jerk your eyes open. It's your Uncle Norbert, and he's acting as if there's nothing wrong with you. As you walk along beside him toward the house, you realize there isn't. By some miracle, the bull slashed your shirt open without leaving a mark. Hungry as you are, there's something you want even more than food. A nice hot shower to clean the mud and sweat off your itchy body. So we just have been narrowly avoided death. Yes, we were just Page waiting. 36. We're turning to page 36. 36, yep. There's the bull, apparently. We look jacked up. Look at us, dude. We don't... <laughs> <laughs> on page 33 it looks horrible oh man page 36 right. mind if <laughs> we look tore to pieces that's awesome mind if i sh- you don't need shower you need stitches bro <laughs> i think so and and a dentist mind- <laughs> right <laughs> someone call it de- don't call the muma a dentist mind if i shower before we eat you ask Sorry, but we can't oblige, your Uncle Norbert replies, because he's the devil. (laughs) Our water tank is still dry as a bone. The electricity's been off almost a week. Your parents hate you, by the way. Oh, my gosh. It it came on for just a little while last night, but it wasn't all long enough to help the situation any. With a hopeless feeling, which should have been feeling a while back, you look down at your grimy hands. You pull a strand of hair out of your eyes. It's so dirty, it's gotten stiff. Of course, if you'd like to wash up, there's some rainwater over there, your Uncle Norbert says, pointing to a barrel. But you gotta go real easy. That's our drinking water. Oh, my. And we always have diarrhea all the time. <laughs> uh, just then you hear a whoop, and a boy and a girl appear in the distance, running toward you and your uncle. As they come nearer, you... You recognize the flat, dirt-streaked face of your cousins, Dora and Mitchell. Ah. <laughs> we live in Dysentery Springs. It's a yeah. subdivision. <laughs> Diarrhea Hills. We finally got him in the barn, Papa, Mitchell says excitedly, ignoring you. Old Fred runs mighty slow for a bowl. But he managed to get all the way to Mrs. Barlow's, Dora points out trampled every single one of her flower beds you ought to see him uncle's like i don't want to see him because then i'm guilty if i look at exactly hope to heck i don't have to your uncle says with a glum look on his face but i know that neighbor of ours will be here any second now to try and drag me over to her place and show me the damage here she comes shrieks dora (laughs) jumping up and down now i have to do that oh you have to she follows her finger to a very surprising sight a shiny silver Porsche is streaking toward you. Steal the Porsche, drive home. Yeah, get out of here. <laughs> Dora gives you a sly smile. This ought to be good. They're hurting for entertainment out there. Oh, yeah. Diarrhea land. Yes. Mitchell grabs your arm. Who needs it? Let's go for a swim. You're curious to see what's going to happen next, but a swim sounds tempting too. If you stay and watch what happens... Turn to page 46. If you go for a swim with Cousin Mitchell, turn to page 48. Oh, man. (laughs) Dora and Mitchell. Right. To see your neighbor fight your uncle or to go enjoy a nice swim. Exactly. 
Hey, he's talking about the dentist. I wonder if the dentist here, all he has in his office is just a pair of pliers. That's the only he's like, I got pliers. I got pliers. I got pliers and I got teeth. I pull off of dead people. So what do you want? <laughs> what do you want? Uh, <laughs> I don't want a dead guy teeth. <laughs> oh, we got a vote for a swim. So as much as we want to see uh, the way I want to fight with somebody. I want to point out uh, Jill is coming in strong with that emoji game Ooh, again. Swim Bringing emoji. Them. Yeah. Nice. Well, She's the good so thing good is, at emojis. Oh, go she ahead. She is. Well, the good thing is, is now that Dora and Mitchell showed up, we can stab them in the back. But since this is the oh. worst day of your life, it's probably going to be they're going to stab us. <laughs> It'll be us. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All so, right. Dave, we got two votes for swim. We got votes for oh, swim. Dave. David said swim too. Okay. So 48. That's me. Before we go for a swim, could we get something to eat? You ask your cousin Mitchell. I'm hungry. Sure, he says. The two of you go into the kitchen and find a jar of peanut butter. There's no bread, so he puts the peanut butter between two jelly donuts. It's surprisingly good. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. Sure. After you've washed down breakfast with a can of orange soda and put on your swimsuit, Mitchell leads you oh across God. the muddy field to a high wooden fence. The top of the fence is decorated with sharp metal spikes and barbed wire. You expect me to climb over that thing, you ask? Oh, all right, your cousin answers, leading you to a small hole in the fence. The two of you scramble through, then push your way through a thick screen of evergreen bushes on the other side. Page 57. You hardly believe your eyes. There before you lie a couple of acres of velvety green lawn. A tennis court is off to one side. And off in the distance is a mansion big enough to hold a fleet of jumbo jets. But best of all, shimmering in the sun is an Olympic-sized swimming pool. Not bad, you say. Not bad. <laughs> I like how not yeah, bad. We're, not, we're not impressed. <laughs> I swear. We we'll always uh, try to play it cool. Yeah, yeah. Then you run as fast as you can and dive into the cool blue water. You swim up and down a couple times, feeling the dirt and grime wash off your body. Then you swim over to the side of the pool and bob gently in the water next to Mitchell. You're starting to get stomach cramps. You never should have eaten before you went swimming. I love that. <laughs> we got to throw that in there. Oh, man. So 16. Oh, are we wrestling the gator in that one? Back up a little bit. Oh. This is what I'm talking about. In a choose-your-own-adventure book, you are going to come across illustrations where you're like, man, I want to get to that. Where did I? That occurrence. Uh, you, you turned, yeah, you turned right from there. So I keep turning to the higher pages. Oh, but there's a legit page where he was wrestling an oh, alligator. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, that's a that that's is a, that's a like a swimming toy, I think. Even I'm still, yeah. how do we get to that? Look, look, look how know. mad that lady looks at you. <laughs> yeah, she's not very happy. All right, anyway, sixteen. Anywho, I digress. Yeah, I know. There's some fun illustrations in this. So who owns all of this? You managed to ask. Mitchell grins, Mrs. Barlow, the lady in the Porsche. You wince as you remember her ferocious manner. Let's see. She lets us, she lets you use her pool, you ask? Of course not, Mitchell says. Why do you think we're here right now while she's busy with Papa? She'll never know anybody's been in her precious pool. Ooh. Unless, yeah, we're trespassing again. Hillbilly logic. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Unless she notices the dirt floating in the surface, you think to yourself. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. We're using her pool as a tub. 
Plus, you know Mitchell pees in the pool. You know yeah. he does. He's yeah. a, he's Every a time. kid. Every time. <laughs> we use this as our toilet. <laughs> we pee in this pool. <laughs> you oh, look man. toward the house uneasily. Isn't there anyone else around? Sure, she has a cook and maids and stuff, he tells you, but they'll pretend they don't see us. They don't like her any more than we do. But doesn't she have family, you ask? The only one who lives here is Craig. But he's never around. He's always off in some military academy or at one of those stuck-up camps for rich kids. Mm. Zing! A four-inch dart whiffles past your head. Whiffles. Hmm. Hmm. And hits the side of the pool. Uh-oh. Looks like I was wrong, says Mitchell. Craig is home. Turn to page 25. You retrieve the dart, and it has a suction tip. But it tra it's traveling fast enough to do some real damage if it hit you. The two of you turn around and find a pudgy kid scowling at you from across the pool. In his hand is a toy dart gun. He's loading it with another dart. What do you uh -oh. think you're doing, you ask angrily? You could hurt someone with that thing. So, Craig replies, what do you think you're doing in our private pool? Ooh, ooh. You want to get a hold of the dart gun to break it in half, but Mitchell puts his hand on your shoulder. Take it easy, he whispers. Craig requires special handling. Let me talk to him. If you take the dart gun away from Craig, turn to page 45. If you let Mitchell talk to him, turn to page 97. So do we grab the gun or we do, let, do we let Mitchell do the talking? Let us know mm, there in you the go. chat. Well, considering this is, well, this is written in the 90s, but we'll just, just you know, this is the 80s. That dart gun probably could do some damage. There were no I mean, safety. those things had powerful springs. Yes. There was no safety mechanisms here. No. <laughs> we don't have no. that. Plus, those darts, those suction cups, you could peel them off, and then you're yep. just shooting like a yeah, like a plastic javelin at someone. Exactly. Yeah, I was just going to say that. That's yep. what we used to do. <laughs> oh, yep. let Mitchell do the talking. What's, what emoji is that? I don't That's a That's a talking emoji. Oh. Oh, okay. We oh, have another vote for talk. All right. We have, there you go. So we're going to let Mitchell handle the situation. We figure, you know, you know this kid. I don't. Step I'll go back. to page 97. Oh, there's, I think I just saw the alligator. There it is. There he, oh, <laughs> that's a, oh man. Oh, that looks like a bad day right there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Are, is our glass still half full? I kind of wonder. I wonder. 97. Hey, Craig, when did you get home? Mitchell asks in a breezy voice. Craig stops loading his dart gun for a second. He seems puzzled to be hearing a friendly question coming from Mitchell. Uh, yesterday, I think it was. Or no, the day before, says Craig, talking slowly as he goes back to loading his gun. This is clearly a guy who's not up to loading a dart and carrying on a conversation at the same time. <laughs> we are shady! Yes, we're very shady. Come on, Craig, put that thing down. I want to hear what you've been doing. I bet you have a lot of new toys and stuff since I, saw, I last saw you. Craig smiles a little. Mitchell is a genius. You think Craig is probably more than eager to show off his newest possessions. With his creepy personality. <laughs> Judging. Harsh. Instant. With his creepy personality, the chances of his having any friends to show off to are probably next to none. <laughs> wow. Wow. We are judgy. <laughs> We're just landing blows here. I do have something really super, Craig says. Something my Uncle Steve sent me from Brazil. 
<laughs> I'm nervous. Uh-oh. Mitchell let his eyes widen and his mouth fall open. Gosh, do you think my cousin and I could take a look? Craig hesitates, then puts down his dart gun and mentions motions for the two of you to follow him. Turn to page 76. You and Mitchell climb out of the pool, jam your shoes on your feet, and follow Craig down a flagstone path and a gravel road into a barn. Inside the barn, you see a large cage with iron bars. Inside it is Bigfoot. No, I'm <laughs> I got him. And inside the cage, you're shocked to see a jaguar nursing two small cubs. Where on earth did you get them, you say? I told you, Craig says. Uncle Steve. 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 <laughs> he, he bought them from a guy who captured them in the jungle. Man, this is Tiger King, man. This is, oh. We got some Tiger King. This is Tiger King, the early years. <laughs> you're right. Pretty neat, huh? Neat's not so neat, you say. Don't you know jaguars are an endangered species? Yeah, we're social. We're, we're wow. virtue signaling. We're, we're up. Yay. We're up on all this. We're tearing them apart. It's illegal to capture them and smuggle them into another country. But they're terrific looking animals, Mitchell says, giving you a swift kick to the rear. That's the point, kid. Like, t- <laughs> rat them out later. Get out of there. Yeah. You know you're being warned not to irritate Craig, but you make a mental note to do something about all this as soon as you leave. Gosh, Craig, Mitchell goes on. I'll bet you're the only kid in town with a pet jaguar. Go to the <laughs> next page. Three pet jaguars, gloats Craig, and they just arrived this morning. I've been letting them rest, but now she, now that she's busy feeding her cubs, I think I'll go inside the cage so I can get a closer oh, look at Wow, this is not going to go well. Oh, Don't worry, I'll bring my dart gun for safety. Yeah. He starts to unbolt the cage, motioning excitedly to you and Mitchell. Come on. You look at the Jaguars. They seem dazed and listless. Maybe they're still feeling the effects of jet lag or the tranquilizers. They really don't look any scarier than sleeping cats. If you keep Craig happy and enter the cage, turn to page 75. If you choose to not enter the cage, turn to page 106. Oh, boy. To cage... Or not to cage. The YouTube's vibes are not looking good here. <laughs> no. My YouTube vibes are my YouTube. My YouTube's vibes are screaming right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have a new person. Oh, Paul. <laughs> a closer look never killed anyone. Following Al Gerson of Mog Mug Comics. Yes. There we go. All right. A we're going we're probably going never... in. Unless somebody Well, let's see. Yeah, let's let's let other people. We we got some more votes coming in. I think here. Let's give it a second. Yeah, it's crazy. People. You know, we all have that person in our lives that would walk inside of a jaguar cage, and the question you need to ask yourself is, are you one of them? Are you one of them? <laughs> oh, there we go. See, no yeah, cage. we got <laughs> with a stay out of that cage. <laughs> oh yeah, walking oh, in the cage. Okay. Down. If you right. choose not to enter, that's 106. So I'll, I'll do 106 here. We're not going in there, and neither are you, you say. Unless you'd like to be mauled by an angry mother for disturbing her cubs. I thought you were real cool, Craig taunts, but you're a fraidy cat. Before you can stop him, Craig opens the door and takes a couple steps towards the mother and her babies. Here, kitty. With amazing power and swiftness, the mother is on him. You grab Craig's ankles in a desperate effort to drag him away. It's a heroic attempt, but you're no match for the angry jaguar. 
In a second, you feel her claws digging into you. You manage to scurry back, scurry to the back of the cage before you collapse. When you wake up, the cage is empty. The jaguar, along with her cubs, has left through the open door. You spend the rest of the summer in the hospital. By the time school starts, you're back to normal, except for the long scars on your face and back. A reminder you'll always carry of the carry of the worst time of your life. The end. Oh man. Nice. Nice. He oh. nice. got mauled by Jaguars, bro. <laughs> mauled by Jaguars, man. Trying to save a kid. Trying to save an idiot. I mean, come on, Craig. You know, Ugh. I feel like choosing to swim led us to this moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, that was a fun book, though. So <laughs> if we remember, it's a great book. From the last time we read this, we died. We died yes. on the bus. A tornado. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. we lived. Yeah. But man, <laughs> got our teeth knocked out, electrocuted, hey, we're just, mauled by a uh, jaguar. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, almost killed uh, by a bull. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, yep. that's great. It's like, oh, just that's just a... Yep. A day ending in Y for most of us, right? <laughs> oh, man. All right. Yep. Uh, get in. Yeah. So, we got exactly. our second book here. Yeah. We ain't got no bread. We ain't got, yeah. yeah. We did no bread for our sandwich. <laughs> oh, gosh. That was great. All right. So, now we're busting out Zork here, bro. Yeah, this is Zork. So, those of you that don't know, Zork was a text based adventure that you yep. would. Well, here, I got it. I got one here. So, here is Zork. So, this is before graphics, kids. You would just type yep. in what you wanted to do. So, it would mm-hmm. tell you, give you a description. You're standing in an open field west of a white house with a boarded front door. There's a small mailbox here and you would just type in like open mailbox, for example, and it would tell you then the you know, opening the small mailbox reveals a leaflet and then you would say read leaflet and then it would tell you, oh, whoops. If you don't spell it right, it doesn't Rad. know what to do. Yeah, but it had that syntax built into it where you had to, if it didn't know something, it would tell you, I, I don't know that. Oh, yeah. So you have to try again. So anyway, that's what that's what it is. And I'll put a link in the show notes for those listening later, so you can kind of play this if you want. It's it's fun. So wait, is Zor currently online? Yeah, you can play it online you for can free. Fire it up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You can play all. There's three of them. Well, there was three that were text only. Then I think the fourth one you point and click, so you'd point yeah. at a a vase or chair or whatever, and and you mm-hmm. tell it what to do, but. That's what video yep. game. That was like the early video games was just text only. Dude, I played Zork. I played the first Zork. We had that on floppy disk. Yes. Yep. Five and a quarter inch you floppies. That, yep. And you put that in and you fire up Zork and it would be like, you know, light candle. Yep. And it would be like the candle reveals blah, blah, blah. And you'd be like, oh, man. Like, this it's just awesome. you really were using your imagination a lot. And I'm not trying to sound old and crappy, but it's like, you know. You use the 16-bit graphics of your mind. Yes, <laughs> you know? exactly. Anyway, and it was Zork, man. It was exciting. fun. Yeah, and it was. Yeah. Uh, I so choose your own adventure was early before this, so I, I think the inventors of Zork got their inspiration from the books. So this is a oh, totally. What do I do now? Book based on the Zork 
property, the IP, and yep. it came out. I think this one came out in 1983, if I remember correctly. So let me get the yep. book fired up here. And, and this might be the worst scanned copy of a book that this we've is, had. This is horrendous, so I'm not going to lie. But, yep. hey, it works. Let me get this. Would you like me to start this one? Yes, please. And here we go. Zork. I'm excited about this because I didn't know that Zork had been turned into a Witch Way book at this point. I didn't yeah. know that. Here we go. It was a warm, sunny day in early May. June... Okay, it's like May, June? Wait, yeah, what's happening? Oh, that's the like person's name. Yes. I was confused. It was a warm, sunny day in early May. June and Bill were going home from school. They were wondering how to spend the afternoon. Should they bicycle to look out past in the hills outside of town or explore the deserted fort on the riverbank? They didn't really want to do either, they realized. The old games, the odd explorations, they simply weren't fun or exciting anymore. Tell me about it, June and Bill. Come on. Sometimes the lethargy of life settles in on you, the humdrum of day to day. Yeah. Uh, That's being why a you take up geocaching. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> they simply weren't fun or exciting anymore. Bill and June discussed this feeling as they passed the unused water stations beyond the schoolyard, its high brick walls hidden by a jumble of wild bushes. Suddenly, June stopped walking. What is it? Bill asked. I thought I saw something glowing there under the bush. June pointed out at one particularly thick and twisted bush. But Bill was skeptical, but he followed June to the bush and helped her pull the branches aside. They both saw it at the same time. It's, it's a sword, gasped June. An ancient sword of elven workmanship, added Bill. Yeah, how does Bill know this? <laughs> ah, Bill! Uh -oh, Don't mansplain to June! We're gonna we're gonna stab Bill in the back. He, he's he's being yeah, a Todd. Oh yeah, Bill's got some Todd energy. I don't like yes. it. Like the one in the story we read in class today. He re what class are they in? He reached for the sword. Wait, June cried. It's a magical sword. It could be dangerous. Do you think Bill? Right out of the gate, kids. We're not even yeah, hardly right. into this. Yeah. Do you think Bill should take the sword? Go to page nine. Do you think Bill and Jane should ignore the sword and continue home? All right. So let us know in this chat. <laughs> Paul says nine-year-old elf relic. <laughs> yeah. Know it all. I'm assuming yeah. that's know it all. Know it all. Yeah. Yes. Like, listen, listen, I've read Lord of the Rings two and a half times. I know, I know what I'm talking. Exactly. Take I've the sword. The... Oh, sword emoji. I tell you, Jill is such a swift, like adept emoji user. She's shown me emojis I didn't know existed. Exactly. <laughs> She's the emoji wizard. Oh, another vote like for a... take the sword. All right, uh, we're probably going to take the sword. So that's page nine. Page nine, sir. And that's that's the first choice. Last time we went to page nine. That's kind of funny. Mm -hmm. All right. Bill laughs. Don't be a ninny, June. Ninny? <laughs> a ninny. <laughs> what do we... Yeah. Well, hey, that's... You know, in Elf the movie, that's what they call him as a ninny. Cut, here, cotton he's headed ninny muggins. Sword. Yeah, ninny muggins. Yep. Mm. Mm. All right. Mm. Mm. Is this in the Elf universe? Yeah, I guess. I won't cut myself. He reaches deep into the heart of the bush and grasps the haft of the sword. Haft. 
I assume that's huh. the, the the handle. The handle, I'm assuming. I, I guess. Okay. You may have As to he, Google that one. Yeah, I guess so. As he touches the sword, it begins to vibrate wildly. There's a sound like a distance ex- distant explosion. Immediately, a blinding light flashes from the blade and surrounds June and Bill. When the light fades and the two startled friends can see again, they realize that they are no longer near the school. They're on a winding path leading down from rocky foothills to a lush forest in a valley below. Behind them, impassable mountains rise, their tallest peaks lost in the clouds above. The clothes have changed. Also, they're now wearing heavy cloth tunics tied about the waist with a wide leather belt. A large leather pouch hangs from Bill's belt. Bill and June stare at each other with mixed excitement and fear. Suddenly, a group of knights on horseback come galloping around a bend in the trail, heading toward the forest. The leader of the knights, his steed, whiter and more powerful than the others, pulls away and approaches. Page 11. Oh, boy. Bivotar, Gironde, we feared you were lost to that demon Krill. Ah, you have the sword, the knight pauses, thinking. I don't have time to stop. Your uncle, Sorovar, is meeting us at the campsite. Meet us there and bring the sword. If you want to know what happened since you disappeared, you might seek the old man in the village. The tall knight points up to the path toward the foothills, then gives a farewell salute and gallops off after the others. Follow the knights to the campsite. Go to page 14. Find the old man in the village instead. Go to page 17. So go follow the knights or find the old man in the village is our options. This is a very good uh, typical fantasy setup. We're straight into it, dude. This is like the D&D cartoon. Yeah. It's like, yeah. bam! Oh! oh uh, in case you're wondering, <laughs> the uh, haft is the handle of a knife, axe, or spear. Oh, okay. So it is handle. Haft. So, so there you go. Okay. Now you now, The more you know, the more you grow. Ah, we did our own PSA. <laughs> Listen, Paul. you come here to learn new things too. Exactly. All right. Paul says, hit up the old geezer. David says, the old man. <laughs> oh, and Jill. Old man. There's an old man emoji. What? I know. Dude. How do you find these, Jill? She's just got yeah. a skill. I don't even know how it happens. Uh, All right. Well. Old man in the village. 17. Old man in the village. That's their metal song we, on side two. We need like, we need like, uh, like medieval music playing in the background. Right oh, now. yeah. There you go. We, re- we really do. Yes. Oh, you got it. Good job. Can you hear that? Is that too loud? Yeah, no, I can hear it. No, you're fine. That's about right, actually. Touting the dim, touting the dimly glowing sword. Bill heads up the trail toward the foothills. Come on, Geronda, he calls back. Soon the two brave adventurers are surrounded by bleak rolling hills. The few trees that grow here are gnarled and crooked, and clouds cover the sun like a permanent gray stain upon the sky. Geronda shivers and moves closer to Bivatar. Around a bend in the road, so we've changed their names immediately. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're Geronda and Bivitar, I guess. Okay. Around a bend in the road, they spot a few huts nestled between the barren hills 
As they approach the village, a bearded man emer emerges from the closet hut. You escaped, he cries. He is very old. His long beard is as white as the tall knight's horse, and his face is deeply lined and wrinkled. Ouch. <laughs> Come in. You must be hungry, he says. Entering the hut, the pair follows, their eyes slowly adjusting to the dim interior. As the old man ladles three bowls of stew from a cauldron simmering in the fireplace, he asks, have you heard any news since your escape? Things are looking very grim. Geronda glances at Bivitar and speaks. Um, actually, we haven't heard any news at all. Can uh, you fill us in? Turn to page 19. The ancient villager's eyes glaze over as if recalling some dim memory. Dim! Ooh. Of course you know that your uncle, Siavar, was unable to prevent the fall of the great underground empire. The empire... Under the rule of the flat, the flatheads, Heads. <laughs> that's awesome. The, the flatheads controlled every neighboring land and was the most splendid kingdom in the history of man. But the flatheads had become decadent, and the forces of Krill had grown so strong that not even a great warrior wizard like Siavar could stop them. Since you were captured by Krill's servants, over 200 years have passed here in the land of Frabaz in the kingdom of Zork. But Siavar has been unable to overcome the evil that has taken the land. To gain victory, you must have you must have the sword of Zork, which I see you have rescued. He will also need the Palantirs, the three crystal spheres of legendary power. But every day and every year, the forces of Krill grow more daring. No village is safe from their attacks or their spells. The crops no longer grow, and the wind is always cold and sour. Sour and cold. <laughs> our, our own village, as you can see, is... Wait, turn to page 20. Is poopy. Is deserted <laughs> now. The men have joined the Knights of Frabaz, and the women and children are hidden away in the mountains. He sighs deeply. <sighs> then straightens up and stares at them with piercing eyes. You, Geronda and Bivitar, must bring the Sword of Zork to your uncle in the forest. The journey will be filled with a hundred terrors. A hundred terrors. hundred, exactly a hundred. Dang, a hundred. Not 99. Yeah. Not one, a hundred and one. One hundred. Remember to avoid the trail of leaves. It leads straight to Krill. Turn to page 21. Of course, he adds, you could stay here safely with me and hope that the forces of Krill will somehow be driven out of the land. Here we go, friends. Would you stay with the old man? Go to page 23. Would you try to bring the sword of Zork to the forest? Go to page 14. All right. I'm loving this, by the way. Yeah. Because anyone's curious. <laughs> this is just like the, the game. I mean, it's very... I'm loving this. I may read this just for fun for myself. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Paul chimed in to the woods. So we got to vote. You know, for to be forest. fair, Paul Sweeney, Paul Sweeney says that a lot. I just want to be, I just want to be fair to the woods, <laughs> to the woods. To the woods. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, Paul, where do we want to go to eat tonight? To the woods. To the woods. <laughs> it's like, whoa. Oh, David, David adventure. Oh, adventure oh, look at that Dude, jill coming in with the sword emoji and the wizard emoji that's awesome that's amazing the right. sword of zork 
So page 14, that's me. Page 14, my man. Well, Bivartar, Gerarda, Duranda giggles as they walk toward the forest. I guess it's turning out to be an exciting day after all. I hope we're not getting into trouble, Geronda. Soon the forest surrounds them, but there's no sign of the knights or the campsite they mentioned. The trees close in overhead, blocking out the light. The forest is damp and quiet, except for the chirping of distant songbirds. The trail narrows, winding so often that Bivatar and Duranda lose all sense of direction. I think I smell a campfire, Bivatar pulls Duranda down the trail. They break out into a deserted clearing where the dying fire sends a thin finger of smoke up through the treetops. There's no one here, says Bivatar. Look there, Geronda points across the clearing. There, the trail splits as if the as it leaves the clearing. A signpost stands at the fork, and nailed to the signpost is a handwritten note. The note reads, Bivatar, Geronda, it brings joy to my heart to hear that... Page 16. You have returned. Sir Elrond tells me that he met you in the foothills, and that you have the Sword of Zork. We must hurry off to battle. The armies of Krill are massing again beyond the dam, and I fear they will attack before nightfall. We, we will go to Elrond's house as soon as possible. Meet us there with the sword. Siovar, you would, would you take the path to the house of Elrond as Siovar requests? Go to page 24. Would you take the other path to Aragain Falls? Go to page 26. So do we go By to the, the house? Or do we go to the falls? That is By the, the way, question. the house of Elrond? Come on, yeah, man. What are we doing here? Ripping I off. Know. And then Aragain? Yes, <laughs> I know. It's like, wow, come on, guys. You're completely you know, copying Tolkien. But J.R.R. Tolkien is spinning in his grave right now. He's just exactly like obviously stealing doesn't matter because we know we read Dinosaur Island, which is just a copy of Jurassic Park. Dude, literally. <laughs> All right. To the hell's <laughs> to the house of L. Ron Hubbard, Paul says. Oh, don't go there. No, you no, won't come back. That one. Don't, no, don't do it. <laughs> David says house as well. So I think we're going to the house of L. Ron. 24. Four. Yep. Although, although I admired uh, Jill's usage of the uh, the tidal wave emoji Ooh. for the falls. Very good. Oh, very good. Nice. Very nice. Job, very, very, very cute. Um. Uh. So we're going to the house. Page twenty four. Yep. All right. There we go. But by the way, the tornado that was going to hit us in the last book looked like this. That's awesome with the face <laughs> on it. Yes. Right. 24. Geronda and Bivitar head down the forest trail toward the house of Elrond. Trademark. <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah. chirping, the chirping of a songbird comes again, somewhat louder this time. Cheered by the sound and the beauty of these woods, they begin to whistle a cheerful tune, certain that their uncle, Siavar, will, will defeat the armies of Krill and meet them soon. The trail suddenly forks again. This time, there is no signpost. One trail is covered with a thick bed of leaves. Don't! Oh, oh, I can't say anything. <laughs> the other shows the dirt of the forest floor. Next to the fork in the trail stands a large tree. Unlike the other trees in the forest, it has some low branches and could be climbed. What do we do now? Asks Geronda. Take the leaf-covered trail. Turn to page 29. 
take the dirt trail, turn to page 32, try climbing that dark tree, turn to page 35. A a triple choice. Yeah. Usually we have two. We got three people. Three. Leaf trail, dirt trail, climb the tree. And Jill busts out with the with the no Scientology heap, please. <laughs> oh, Paul, the tree emoji. He's pulling out the emojis once again. I mean, Paul is like to the woods, now, to, to the, the woods. trees, <laughs> to the trees. <laughs> dirt. Oh, so we got one for tree, one, one for, for dirt. dirt. Let's see what happens here if we get another vote. Otherwise, we're going to be flipping that coin. You have to be flipping the coin. We go to the tree or the dirt. So get that out here just in case. While you do that, I'll play some more. Some more. Tree. Oh, never mind. Got oh. Two for tree. We're going to climb that tree. So do it. Page 35. All right. Let's climb the tree, Biv, suggests Geronda. Oh, we're shortening our name now. Just Biv. We, we, don't yep. have time. we don't got time to say the whole name. It's too much. Exactly. Maybe we can get a view of the surrounding area. Good idea, Juran. <laughs> so there shortening. we go. <laughs> Did the writers just get, I don't want to say the whole name. I'm just going to shorten yeah. our names. I'm tired of typing this. Yeah. Yep. You should do it. You always, you've always been a better tree climber than me. Deronda agrees and clambers up into page 36, into the tree. She climbs as high as she can, but she can't see anything besides a few surrounding trees. However, nestled between two branches is a bird's nest. The view's not any better from up here, she calls down to Bivitar. But there's a bird's nest. Who cares? Come back down. Wait, I want to look in the nest. She works her way over to the nest and looks inside. There among the sticks in the mud is a shiny bronze key. She takes the key and climbs back down to the ground. Look what I found in the nest, she shows Bivitar. Well, hang it on. Well, hang on to it. It might turn out to be useful, but we still don't know which path to take. Oh, okay. So we're right back where we were. Right back at it. Covered path. Yeah, or the dirt path. So cover leaf covered path or dirt path. But we got a key now. Man, this is playing out just like the game. You're, just, you're taking stuff. Yep. Doing all sorts of things. You know, like some of these decisions, you would have been climb tree. So, I remember path, that. Dirt path. Yep. Get key. Take key. So, so now we're back to dirt path or leave, leaf path. Yes. One That's vote for hit the dirt. Go. One vote for leaf. All right. Hit the dirt. For Paul if we can get one more here he didn't say tree <laughs> dirt dirt i know right dirt and dirt oh, oh, one oh, one lead. Oh, oh, oh oh okay well sorry got two votes for dirt go back here we go 32 um let's take this is me right yes let's take the dirt path suggests vivitar it looks safer geronda concurs <laughs> Why are we saying Biv and Duran right now? Yeah, it's, I know. She, she forms a band called Duran Duran. Duran Duran. They walk along the trail and soon come to a large clearing in the woods. In the center of the clearing is a white house. Its door and windows are all boarded. On a post near the door is a mailbox. 
do you think this is Elrond's house? B Bivitar asks. Look, yes, look, the mailbox says Elrond. They walk around the house looking for a way to enter. The doors and windows all seemingly, uh, sorry, seem tightly sealed. Then behind the house, Geronda notices that one window is slightly ajar. Ha ha, I thought it was a window. Ha uh, <laughs> ha Dad joke. Bivitar tugs on it with all his strength, and finally it opens just enough for them to enter. Trespassing is not a thing in this world. Yeah, it doesn't matter. They crawl through the kitchen and find themselves in... Oh, they crawl through the window and find themselves in a kitchen. On a table are a bottle of water and a long sack smelling of hot peppers. I don't know about you, but I'm starved, says Geronda. Time to steal! Yes. We're she already... opens the sack. Right. You've already broke in, so... Yeah. She opens the sack and finds a hot pepper sandwich and a clove of garlic. Dang. Wow. Yuck. I'd sure prefer some peanut butter and jelly, but I guess it's better than nothing. Oh, man. She gives half of the sandwich to Bivitar, and they share the water. Neither eats the garlic. Well, that really hit the spot, Bivitar says. Stolen food tastes more delicious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope Siavar gets here soon. Let's look around the house. Oh, man. Let's break his stuff and Let's sleep in his it. bed. Yeah. Eat their the porridge. First room, the first room they come to is the living room. It is furnished with a heavy wooden trophy case. Inscribed on the case are some ancient runes. They realize with surprise that they can read the runes. Read the rune, will you? Yeah, come on. <laughs> they realize with surprise they can read. Only when the three palantirs of Zork are returned to this case can the evil be driven from the land and the great underground empire rise once more. The trophy case is empty. Sitting on on top of it is a battery-powered, battery-powered brass lantern. A heavy oriental rug covers the floor. We've got to find those spheres and bring them here, says Geronda. Sure, but what, what'll we do in the afternoon, Bivitar says, laughing. Go ahead and laugh. I'm going to look under this rug for a trapdoor. Bivitar laughs even harder. Sure, sure. Geronda pulls the rug to one side of the room, revealing a trapdoor. Bivitar's jaw drops. Gosh, he gasps. How did you know that would be there? I just felt a bump under the rug. She examines the door. It's locked, but there's a keyhole. Did uh -huh. you get the bronze key from the bird's nest? Yes, we did. Yes, we did. <laughs> wow. There's, so, in, the, in the game, there's a trap door under the rug. Wow. This is no way. That's fun. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So going to page 50. Going to page 50. Okay. The key from the bird's nest, Bivitar says. Try the key you found in the tree. Duranda inserts the key into the lock. It opens easily. The trap door is heavy, though, and the two of them pull with great effort until the door swings open, revealing a rickety staircase leading down into darkness. Awfully dark down there, Duranda says nervously. Maybe this lantern works. Yep. Bivitar turns the lantern on, and it gives off a cheery yellow glow. Let's go down and have a look around. They go down the stairs and find themselves in the cellar of the house. On one side, they see the bottom of a metal chute, black with coal dust. It looks very steep and slippery. On the other side, a tunnel leads away from the cellar. Strange gurgling noises seem to come from the darkness beyond the reach of the lamp. This is too spooky, Biv. Let's go back upstairs. As Geranda starts climbing up, the trapdoor crashes shut above her. They seem to hear a deep, 
deep-throated chuckle, but the sound could just be their imaginations or some trick of the underground echoes. A quick check reveals that the trap door is locked and that there is no keyhole on this side. I guess we might as well see where the tunnel goes. They follow the tunnel for several minutes. Its walls become rough and uneven. The tunnel turns a corner and opens into a small underground room carved out of rock. At the far end of the room, the tunnel continues. Another passage, dark and sinister, leads off to the left. Out of the shadows leaves a huge and hairy troll. He is brandishing a bloody axe and blocks the far exit of the room. Bivitar sees a blue glow form around the sword of Zork, and he feels a powerful energy from it flowing into his arm. Without even thinking, he strikes a fighting pose and approaches the troll. The troll spits out an angry snarl and raises his axe high above his ugly head. Biv, this way, Jaranda points to the low, spooky passage to the left. You'll get killed if you fight that troll. Turn to page 52. Would you escape down the sinister-looking passage? Go to page 56. Or would you want to fight the troll? Turn to page 59. Escape or troll fight? I like how these are. this option is would you. So this is just like the title. Would you? What would you do? Ooh. Ah. Yeah. I, they really stuck to the Zork game in this. This is a lot, a lot of stuff from the game. But it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's exciting. Is, yeah, it is. It is. I remember the door under the rug. Yes, I do too. Yeah. And, and the lantern. Oh, by the power of Zork, fight, Paul says. One vote for troll fight. Troll fighting. We're going to go troll fighting. Oh, man. Did you have this? A- you, you said you played this. Did you have this at home? A home computer or was that at school? Home computer. Home computer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, another vote for fight. Well. We got it. I mean, that's a majority right there. Majority right there. So page 59, maybe. Oh, escape with a a troll emoji. I know. I know. (laughs) Troll emoji. Oh, that's awesome. All right. So we're going to fight. Choose your own adventure sense is starting to tingle. I'm just saying. Yeah. I I think we might be in trouble here, but let's find out. Vivitar follows the urging of the sword. And as the troll rushes at him, axe first. He jumps aside and swings at the troll, missing by an inch. The troll grunts and swings the axe at Vivitar, who ducks just in time. The axe crashes against the wall, throwing off sparks. The sword grows warm in Vivitar's hand. With a mighty effort, he raises the sword and swings it wide in a wide arc toward the troll. The troll seems confused and freezes just long enough to doom himself. The sword sinks deep into the troll, who lets out a wail and expires expires hmm. mm. that's interesting it's like milk yeah <laughs> yeah on that troll somebody looks at the troll ah this troll's expired troll out of date ah. his body vanishes in a cloud of billowing black smoke you did it shouts duranda i thought you were crazy it was it was almost as if the sword made the decision to fight the troll i know it sounds crazy He scratches his head and they enter the wide tunnel that exits from the far end of the troll room. It widens and finally opens onto a flat ledge overlooking a vast underground lake below. A steep trail leaps down to the water's edge. Sprawled at the far end of the ledge is the skeleton of a deceased adventurer. Clutched in his bony hand is what appears to be a parchment scroll. 
Ooh. Take the parchment from the skeleton's hand. Turn to page 61. Follow the trail towards the water. Go to page 63. So parchment or trail towards the water. What do we want to do next? Oh, man. Interesting. Right. The whole underground kingdom thing. So even the you know Middle Earth, you know Tolkien, even though it wasn't in Middle Earth, just the whole idea of there's a whole other Earth underneath us. Right. All right. Water. We got to vote for water in a water emoji. Ooh. Read that skeleton love note. <laughs> I love it. Uh, parchment from David. So we're going to read the parchment. So that's just on the next All page right. there, Eddie. Here we go. Uh, Duranda approaches the skeleton and snatches the par- parchment. As she does, the bones collapse in a pile of dust. Ah, we're mm. desecrating people's graves yeah. now, too. <laughs> yes. Uh, Duranda jumps back in surprise. Shaking, she unrolls the parchment. Look, she says, it's a map. She's like Dora the Explorer Dora now, the except Explorer, this map yeah. is creepy. <laughs> um, although that map was creepy, too. It could talk. Yeah, um, it's a map. She points to an inscription on the bottom of the map. Let's see if we can read this. This map shows the final resting place of the three palantirs of Zork. Oh, okay. Oh, my gosh. We're on the... Let's go. We're going to get this. 62. Oh, it's a turn to page 62, right? Is that what it says here? Yes. No, it doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, But it doesn't show the final resting place, says Duranda. The bottom corner is missing. The palantirs must be somewhere down there. Well, at least it shows the ledge we're on. And see, it indicates that we should go right. The two adventurers go right and find a very narrow path leading along the side of the cliff. Soon they have a view of the entire lake below, ending at a huge dam. Water, damn! Uh, water, water from the lake pours down over the dam, which appears to be somewhat neglected. They round a bend in the cliff. Part of the path before them is missing. Destroyed after the map was made, possibly by an earthquake. Which, how would we know that? Come oh, on, yeah. <laughs> uh, Expert gap man. is about. I know. Here we go. The gap is about fifteen feet wide. We can jump across. States Bivitar. Are you nuts? Asks Duranda. Let's think for a minute. There must be a better way to get across. And a classic question of life: Do you jump, or wait and think about this? Hmm. If you jump, page 65. If you think, page 66. <laughs> yeah, again, we're, we're experts again. Huh. This ground looks like it was split by an earthquake. Uh, when I took my uh, geology correspondence course, we learned all about earthquakes. Yeah. When we talked about uh, er- earthquakes in Earth-based cl- science class that one day, <laughs> yeah, I think I know. I would know. Come we have on. two votes oh. for wait and think. So there we go. Oh, think and wait. Paul says think. David says wait. So we're going to, I guess, ponder our fate here. Page 66. All right. I could probably rig up a way to get across if we only had some ropes, says Bivitar. Do we have anything to build a hot... Here, here we go. Do we have anything to build a hot air balloon, Eddie? See? There we go. There Everybody it is. Everybody in the 80s, hot air balloon. Yep. All three voted for think, by the way. We had Bill okay. came in too. With a think emoji. Thanks, Joe. All right. I don't think so, said Bivitar. Looking around, I don't have any other ideas. Suddenly, a gnome appears out of thin air. He's dressed in a loud outfit of bright green and orange. Having some trouble... attacking gnome. 
Yeah, tacky though. <laughs> Having some trouble getting across, he asked. They nod grimly. Well, I can get you across, but it won't be won't be easy. What do you want? Bivertar asked. Hope, hopefully. Hmm, that's part kind of cut off here. Hmm, how about that nice sword you're carrying? No, cries Duranda. That belongs to our uncle, yells Bivitar. The gnome is visibly impressed, but says, Nevertheless, either you give me the sword or you don't get across. Duranda whispers to Bivitar, We can't give him... Turn to page 68. Give him the sword. I say let's go back and try that path down towards the lake. I agree. We shouldn't give him the sword, says Bivitar. But hold on a minute. Maybe we can think of some way to trick him. Oh. If we trick the gnome, or try to trick the gnome, turn to page 75. If we try the path to the lake, go to page 63. So trick the gnome or path to the lake. Hmm. <laughs> a poorly dressed gnome. That was good. With a, a crushed tacky. green velvet suit. <laughs> Who is wearing those colors? I'll tell you what. Maybe that's high high class sophistication in the gnome world, I guess. Right. He's like, listen, born to be tacky, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I... We're getting a little bit past our uh, runtime here, aren't we, yeah, sir? Like, this is a long one. We're, we're lasting a long time. Well, we lasted a long time in the other book, too. One right. vote for Trick, one vote for Lake. All right. Let's see if we have a tiebreaker coming in here. Break the tie here. Otherwise, we will flip the coin. Got one for Gnome. Oh wait, oh, wait, Paul came into the lake. Oh, okay. So we're doing the lake. All right. Yeah. So that is page 63. 63 going back here a little bit. Oh, that was one of the other options earlier, wasn't it? Right. They head toward the lake, taking the steep path leading down from the ledge where the skeleton lies. The enormous underground lake is lit by a phosphorescent mo mosses growing on the ceiling of the caverns far above since the light from, from the lamp that from drifted from the lamp is not needed. They shut it off to turn to page 65. I think. Ooh, yeah. I can't see it. Right. Oh. Is that 65? What is that? Turn to page. Uh, what? Gosh, that is bad. Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> they shut it off <laughs> to skin. Oh no, it's 64. To save the battery for future use. Oh, okay. The water the water stretches off to the north. The far shore is barely visible through the haze. Every now and then air bubbles break the otherwise calm surface of the water. A path leads along the hazy shore towards the east. A distant roar echoes through the silent cavern. This is all under the house? Wow, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. A distant roar echoes through the silent cavern from that direction. I think we ought to try to swim to the far shore, says Geronda. Bivitar is not a good swimmer. He scowls. I think we should follow this path along the shore. Do you agree with Geronda, or do you agree with Bivitar? <laughs> so Geronda right. wants to swim, and Bivitar does not want to swim. So let us know in the chat what you want us to do. Do we go with Geronda or Bivitar? So type it in the chat. That's what we will do. Oh, here, Eddie, on the page next to it, if we would have tried to jump across the gap at the beginning, I think we would have died. Yeah. 
And yep. you get points on this. So the most points you can get is 10 out of 10. So we've gone quite a ways. I think I think we're going to end up with a pretty good amount of, of points here. Okay, so pretty we got to vote score. for Bivitar. Yep. Those with a wait. solidarity fist. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. Take the path. Oh, two yeah. Bivitar votes there. Yeah, because Bivitar wanted the path. Because mm -hmm. Duranda can't swim. Well, Duranda can swim. It's Bivitar who Bivitar can't. Bivitar can't. Okay. Yeah. So. so unless, and we. I guess really the path is kind of the the uh, the majority here. Yes. Oh, Although yeah. We that's had... true. So that is. Bivitar. So 72. 72. Yep. All right. Let's do. 72 here. Oh, all right. We'll take the path, Duranda says. They begin walking along the shore. It's easy going at first, but the way soon becomes rocky. The distant roar sound, gro sound grows louder and begins to sound like rushing water. After nearly an hour of walking, Duranda complains, My feet hurt. Let's take a rest. They stop and sit on some flat rocks near the water's edge. Suddenly, they're grabbed from behind, and they feel their hands being tied together. A moment oh. later, they're turned roughly around to see two armed lizard-like creatures standing upright and bearing swords. Oh. All right. These two will make fine a fine addition to the Krill's army, one hisses to the other, dribbling saliva down its face. Yes, we'll get a promotion for this, hisses the other. They are led away and forced by a magic spell to join the army of the deadly enemy, Krill. Miserably, they fight in the battle after battle, living in squalor, losing all hope of ever seeing home again. The end. If you stop here, your score is 5 out of 10, but you probably deserve another chance. Go back to page 60 and try again. <laughs> That's, That's amazing. amazing. Hey, we yes. got pretty far. We did. Holy cow. I yeah. don't think we do that well, but, uh, but yeah, that's fun. So two weeks, everybody we will do this again. We'll go through this Zork book again, and then we'll pick another book. And that way we always have something new as far as a new book, but we'll have a new story because we'll choose a different path on this one. So, man, this is a good one. Yeah. This is a meeting. I love it. This, this is very fun. meaty. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That was a good time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, cool. thanks for listening, and thanks for yep. watching. And uh, check us out next time. Like I said, go to youtubespodcast.com. Find all the different ways you can get in touch with us, in touch with us and let us know what you think. So Thank you all for listening. All right, until next time, you choose the adventure. All right, thanks, everybody. Good night, everybody. See ya. We're actually on time. Look at that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Don't get used to it, kids. We're about as our, our being on time. Look at that kid's face on that cover. That That's how we look when yeah. we're on time. Our we're face, like, oh, my gosh. People are like, you're right. This is this messing. is my this is my week summed up right there. I have a bull chasing me. I have a, a windows are blown out. Shelves are falling on me. Things spilling all over. <laughs> dude that's you're not lying man it's like i'm taking time off and this uh tomorrow uh and for the holiday uh happy fourth of july early to everybody yes um and uh and yeah it's like you shorten your week for work and it's like oh, oh you yeah. can take off friday 
but we're going to make every day you work here a living heck. And you're going to hate it. <laughs> you're going to hate like, it. No, I don't uh, want to hate it. Oh, man. Yeah, so this is the You Choose podcast. If you're new to listening, watching us, what we do is we go – well, thank you first, of course. But uh, what we do is we go through these old books, or in this case, tonight's case is an adjacent book. And then when we get to decision point – People in the live chat can chime in and let us know what they want us to do, if they want us to go to page 38 and get on the bus, or do we go to page 56 and go upstairs? But we let you decide. That's why it's the You Choose podcast. It's not us choose. No, it's, it's not, not I choose. Eddie, it's not Eddie and Lee get to do what they want podcast. I wish it was that. It's not. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's that's what we do. So thank you for listening to it. You can go to youchoosepodcast.com, find old episodes, find out how you can reach out to us, email, social media, whatever. You know, let us know what you like about the podcast. If you have a book that you want us to check out that you liked when you were a kid, definitely always up for that. And got lots of back episodes. We are almost to 50. Getting close. Oh my gosh, we're almost at 50 episodes? Yeah, yeah, we're at, this is uh, 45. Get and in on the ground floor, people. I, Get us before we hit episode 100. I almost dropped my phone. Before yeah. we hit episode 100. Um, we do have stickers. Yes. And I have to find them because I have them like packed away somewhere. But we have stickers. <laughs> yes. And uh, and we'd love to give you some. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you gotta you got to let us know if you're listening. We don't know where to so send be them. Be sure to come. How do I? How can I give we, you a sticker if well, I don't know where you know, to send it? What we could do, Eddie, like in our last episode, we could hop in our hot air balloon and just throw them out and scatter them all over the skies and let let the the wind blow where they may. Because we trust fate to bring these stickers to those who are worthy. It lands all in one guy's lawn. <laughs> yeah, he blows yeah. over them. <laughs> he just shakes, shakes oh. his fist at us and uses his leaf blower to get him off. <laughs> you gosh damn ca- cast poster potters cast posters <laughs> yeah i hate you oh man well um, we got yeah, uh, the, no. the way this uh, i should say, say oh. oh go ahead oh. Uh, 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 i was gonna say be sure to go to our social medias uh we're on instagram facebook all the other stuff twitch twitch we're Twitter, on that twitch. twitch yeah we're on them there twits uh, get on get on twits but get on there and let us know you're listening, man. We'll can send you all sorts of fun stuff. Crisp digital high fives. Um, I think we're going to be at a little, do you want to plug that little mini convention? Yeah, we'll be at Rainbow Comics on the 16th in Lincoln, Nebraska. So if you're in the Lincoln area, stop on by, say hi, get a crisp high five from Eddie. Maybe even a hug. I'm warming up. Permitted. I'll hug. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, check us out. Yeah, like I said, go to youchoosepodcast.com. Find all the different ways you can get hold get a hold of us and reach out and let us know you're there. Also, too, I forgot to mention that we go through these books twice because that's what you did when you read these when you were a kid. You did it more than once. You'd just oh. hold your finger and go back to the beginning and start all over. So the first time, uh, the, uh, the people watching live can chime in. But the second time when we get to the, the first choice, we make an executive decision and we try to make it different. We don't want the same thing twice. You can get that you really in your life. <laughs> That's no fun. We live yeah. that every dang day, yeah, Lee. Exactly. We don't need that. We don't need that. So just like the book, just like it's 1984 all over again, maybe a different year. That's a George Orwell thing. 1986. 86. There we go. Uh, you're reading the book. 
you know, here you go. You have Dinosaur Island. Yep. You're like, I, I have what might be the worst choose your own adventure book ever. Written. <laughs> I think you might. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm reading through it and I'm like, oh man, I'm done gonna get bit by a snake. I can't even hold this upright. Yeah. Uh, there you, you got go. Bit by a snake. I There's don't want to get bit by a snake. So then there's a snake in my foot. And so what you do is you just back it up. And now we're being captured by a group of men who look really friendly. With guns. But the point I'm getting at is you can, with guns, you can reread these books. So we are now doing our best to translate that into this podcast to go through the book twice. Yes. Speaking of anniversaries, this is issue 100 of this series by Edward Packard. And the funny thing okay. is, Eddie, this book is the the worst day of your life and basically the whole goal of the book is to get injured or die but all the other books you're trying not to die or or get left someplace but this one that's the whole point of the book right is the whole point is to have a bad day yeah the worst one frankly the worst um and like you said like you said anniversary is not to toot my own horn but uh today marks the uh, ninth year that this guy has been uh podcasting i know congratulations nine years eddie that's awesome uh, well, back you know in the days saying, when so. podcast was in its infancy uh, dude yeah i was telling people man I, you know it was a little more raw back then for sure yeah. and and uh fellow uh, star cruiser and cr- local creative uh billy peck Anybody who's curious about him, just Google him and look him up. But Billy Peck, podcaster, uh, insanely talented musician. Yes. Uh, he has me beat by about a year. I mean, maybe a year or two. He's been podcasting a little before that. Um, it was like super raw. You were just like recording and hoping on a little flash drive and putting it in the mail and hoping someone listened to it. <laughs> yes. So congratulations to Eddie for nine years of podcasting. Thank you for listening. It means a lot that you took the time to hear what we have to say. Please go to youchoosepodcast.com for all the different ways you can connect with us and how you can be part of the live event. And until next time, you choose the adventure.